Hey, blimey, that was, I, I've never seen Thomas come into the, uh, the comment section as fast as he just did. That was impressive, dude. You are <laughs> <laughs> very impressive. Um, it's uh, it's Friday. It's it's that time of the week. It's uh, you know, it's it's lunchtime. So here we are, um, and I have none other uh, than the fearless business coaching king himself, Mr. Robin White, on the line. How's it going, sir? Uh, very well, thank you. I got that Friday feeling this week, um, Nick, for sure. Sometimes you get to Friday and it's a bit like, oh god, the week's over. But no, today I've definitely got the Friday feeling. You're pumped. He's pumped. Yeah, I, th I think it's um, I think it's uh there's definitely a change in the weather um it's been it's been a bit rainy and a bit gray down here this week but it's been sunny today and it's amazing the difference a bit of sunshine makes your mood i think i'm going to move somewhere mediterranean because it's uh it just makes uh, all the difference in the world i don't blame <laughs> me <laughs> can i move Haley's here yeah yeah you can yeah where, where, where are you thinking I'm, I'm thinking somewhere maybe somewhere greece it's just quite cheap there at the moment yeah so. cyprus i reckon be quite yeah, nice cyprus yeah would be good yeah hey charlotte's here luke is here Haley's here lynn is here the whole gang is here thank you guys love you i love you all <laughs> okay so uh we're gonna dive straight in to some questions there might be a few from uh, our lovely uh, audience members as well um but Question numero uno, how did you get started on LinkedIn? What attracted you to this wonderful, magical platform? Well, uh, believe it or not, I mean, I, I probably, um, I hope you're going to say that I don't look old enough, but I've been in business now for 17 years, so I pretty much predate You don't LinkedIn, look old think enough. That, <laughs> <laughs> I think I led the witness a little bit there. Uh, thank you, Nick. Um, but no, I, I kind of um, I've, I've been on LinkedIn pretty much since day dot. And as you know, you're, you're encouraged to get onto all of these different platforms, aren't you? As they all, they all have all sort of come online over the last sort of 17 years. Um, and uh, it was it was initially it was kind of just as a CV because I did have a, a proper job way back when, Nick. Uh, in the year 2000, um, uh, selling yeah. medical equipment. Um, but yeah, it, yeah. Whereas now, now I just have. So I, it's not really a job. It's just fun. I wake up and enjoy it every day as an entrepreneur running my own businesses. Um, so it's a really great way just to connect and network with other like-minded business owners in the local area. Awesome. I'm loving your uh, your background setup there as well. I can't see what's on the on your on your shelves. Are they? Uh, they some of your it looks like some of your books. I'm loving the, uh, the LEDs as well. Yeah, it is. Nice. Yeah, the LEDs. I need to. I've got to sort the positioning out in the LEDs because there's lots of little lights. I just wanted like the hue behind it. But no, the books are uh, so over my right shoulder. Take your shot. And this is my best weather girl impression over my left shoulder. That's online business startup. And then my third book, which I wrote, which is um, marketing machine over there. But they're both a bit blurred because they're all, all a bit blurred because of the background. Yeah, that's looking good. Looking good. Uh, don't forget as well, people, um, in the comments section, um, if you have any questions, uh, please feel free to pop them up on screen and we'll get them answered as, uh, as soon as we can. Uh, Thomas has said, what's your fa favorite DVD behind him? I'm not, I'm not sure if they are DVDs or whether they're books. They're, they're all books. Actually, my favorite book is another blurred one, which you can see up at the top there, Built to Sell by John Warlow. Um, which is brilliant. So if you do run your own business, um, it's all about productizing a service. So shifting out of sort of hourly rate charging, um, fantastic book, really inspiring. And more more into value-based pricing, I guess? Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Cool. Good. That's what we'd like to hear. <laughs> um, so uh, how do you, I mean, with your, your content, um, I always ask this question, but, but, and some people have more of a kind of uh, defined kind of strategy with it. How do you, 
how do you do it are you quite kind of systematic and regimented with your content is a lot of your stuff kind of off the cuff how does it work with your content um yeah well i i've recently taken on a, a head of content a wonderful person called jess um about two months ago and so she's kind of made it much more streamlined um my i tend to uh, so i've got about 1800 people in my facebook group and i i tend to um look at what sort of themes are coming up or you know so far as questions are concerned in that group and I actually tend to try and tailor the content based on what problems uh, are cropping up for a lot of the business owners in that group. Um, and then the, the, one of the hardest parts, though, is that um, when I started out coaching, I was uh, much more of a broad sort of, uh, I worked with a whole broad spectrum of different businesses. And so yeah. slowly over time, we've actually honed in on, um, again, on the pricing front on sort of service client businesses in that hourly rate space. Um, so typically coaches, consultants, freelancers. And what that's meant is we've had to theme our videos much more towards that niche sort of audience um, and give them more clear and sort of specific um, content based around things that are really relevant to them. You know, I, I in, in the early days, we, we worked with e-commerce businesses. We worked with bricks and mortar, high street, you know, businesses, all sorts of different businesses. And so a lot of the old content we used to produce was very broad. But no, now we've now we've um, identified a very clear sort of market niche. And we know what our product niche is around sort of pricing and things like that. A lot of the content is much more structured around those. And then in terms of sort of when we record, we tend to record in batches. So we'll set aside typically once or twice a month, we maybe two or three hours where uh, like this, get the camera set up, get all the backgrounds ready to go. Jess will have a list of topics. She interviews me. And then we started to produce content off the back of that. Um, and the second way that we also um, produce our content is from the podcast. So uh, we do periodically, we do sort of batches of interviews with, um, for our podcast as well. And we film all of those and then we we repurpose a lot of that content. So I'd like to think there's some structure there. Sometimes it does, you know, you send your head in a little bit of a spin trying to figure it all out about what's happening when. Uh, but that's why I've got Jess. So I don't have to worry about that sort of stuff. Yeah. That's, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, it sounds like you're fairly, uh, I think um, people that seem to be uh, in kind of sales and, and marketing are quite systematic with their approach to, to content. It sounds like you're quite, um, you're quite German with the, the way you kind of chop it up and, and portion it and, and assign time to um, creating that content as well. That's it. It's, it's uh, quite efficient. So I have a Jess, I have an Eden who does our video editing. Uh, I have uh, Megan who does our, um, our sort of article writing and, and things like that. So she produces blog articles. And again, we repurpose those um, sort of not as frequently as we should do, but for LinkedIn articles as well and things like that. But um, yeah, so having that team does make it a bit, a little bit easier. Yeah, it takes the pressure off. You just have to turn up and, uh, and go, yeah, hi. <laughs> yeah, time look good, basically. Yeah, look good and, and read just read the damn script. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that's it. Thomas has got a, a question. As you mentioned being on LinkedIn at the in the early days, uh, what do you think has been the biggest change in the LinkedIn platform? Pros and cons? Um, well, I, I mean, the cons are obvious, uh, and that's probably the easiest place to start, actually. So, um, you know, it seems to have turned into much more like a lot of the Facebook sort of mentality around marketing seems to have crept across into LinkedIn. And Absolutely. I don't know whether it's just because I'm a coach, I've got a target on my back, but I seem to have about three, four, five naughty people who slide into my DMs on a daily basis um, and pitch me straight up. And it just initially it was kind of like, Oh, I just left you with that really icky sort of feeling of like, oh, like you need to go and take a cold shower after every time. Yeah, you I, I need a wash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but actually, the way I've 
kind of started to like because I could you could look at it and keep on getting triggered by it um or a better way a more positive way to think of it is like we're kind of all in this for the same reasons we all want to we've all got businesses that we want to grow we all want to advance our lives and our businesses and things like that so um I try now I try not to get triggered by it so much and I'll actually write back to those people and just say hey thanks so much for your message but not now and then then you don't get like the six automated follow-ups when that happens um and actually I think they kind of respect the honesty and um the direct approach and you do get the odd one who will kind of try and persist and then, hey, that's what delete and block is for, isn't it, at the end of the day? So I think, I mean, you can turn it into positives. I've actually had somebody pitch me on LinkedIn. He's become a client. Um, that's happened as well, um, albeit it's quite rare. Um, but yeah, and then in terms of the pros, I think LinkedIn are doing, they've made so many updates over the last couple of years. Um, and it's it's made it much more of a... Um, much more of a networking app, which I don't think it felt before like it was job seekers and CVs, whereas now it feels like yeah. they started to tailor it much more towards the sort of small business community and networking and that side of it. And um, one of the best things for me is, um, so I do a lot of um, uh, speaking, uh, not just in the small business circuit, but also in um uh, sort of for bigger businesses as well, corporations um, periodically. And what's really nice, actually, um, they all, you know, when I do a talk in front of 1,100 people, you'll then get 30, 40, 50 invites from people within that organization through LinkedIn. So that's their preferred way of reaching out. And you can get some really nice comments and feedback and things like that that way. So um, I, I, I think LinkedIn's great. I think, you know, if you can ignore the, some of the people who are kind of misusing it and abusing it, then uh, and turn it around into a more positive light, um, you're winning, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you're talking about people kind of sliding into your DMs. They usually get a, an instant response from me. You're doing it wrong. And then that's it. That'll be the end of the, end of the conversation. <laughs> you're going about it in the wrong, in the wrong way. Um, uh, Tom's got another question. He's uh, he's on fire with the questions today. Uh, what do you think would be the next best thing on the platform, or what would you like to see from it? Well, I I was really I've only just been approved to do LinkedIn Live, and I actually think live yeah. video is a really great way to engage with viewers. Obviously, as like we're we're doing at the moment. So, um, yeah. you know, so I, I I got approved for it about a month ago, and I haven't yet done a LinkedIn Live on it yet. But I think that that, and I can kind of see why they kind of ring fenced it because they didn't want everybody doing that in case I guess they put some content on there that would bring the the quality of the platform down because I think they curate their content very heavily on LinkedIn which is a good thing so yeah. I think I think opening up LinkedIn live but then having an abuse button so if people do abuse it it can be switched off but I think it should be something which is just inherent everybody should have access to that yeah uh mr paul brown who's a video guy as well as what is what was robin waits webcam camera setup looking very sharp <laughs> it's not a webcam i do have a logitech just to see 920 which i use on sort of that's my daily drive but uh for this particular one because it's nick i was like right i'm gonna i'm gonna smash out the sony a7 II. <laughs> um i've got a um uh, a nice um sort of mid-range zoom lens on it as well which has got a i think it's an f2.8 uh, and then it zooms from, uh, I think we want to say 15 up to 50 or something like that. Talk, so. talk nerdy to me. Just talk, keep talking. Nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Paul. There's your answer. Um, apparently, uh, Rebecca is eating biscuits. She still hasn't told us what kind of biscuits. We want to know what kind of biscuits you're eating, Rebecca. That would be 100%. Easy. 
relevant, useful information that the entire audience needs to know. So please share and divulge with us. Well, the, the best <laughs> biscuits have bits in it. So if it's got like raisins and nuts and things like that in it, they're, they are, and chocolate chips, they are definitely the best type of biscuit. <laughs> I do. I'm a, I'm a big fan of a. Um, I'm, I'm a simple man. I, I like a ginger nut. I'm, I'm quite mm. quite quite partial to a ginger nut. <laughs> I'm very Jeremy Dodger. With the ice <laughs> sprinkles on it? No, 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 no. Just 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 plain plain old ginger. Just just, just straight up. <laughs> um, how do you think you've uh, you've grown so quickly on the platform? Um, consistency. So um, one of the things is so I, I don't necessarily. Uh, post a lot of content on LinkedIn. But one of the things I do is if I go to a, um, a networking event, uh, for example, when we used to be able to do that, uh, sort of pre pre the um, small event, which is happening around the world at the moment, um, yeah. there was a great feature in the app, which you could effectively like Bluetooth everybody in the room and mm-hmm. and like connect with all of the attendees at an event. So I actually used to run a, a networking event um, for about four years and we'd meet up monthly and one of the key things we would do in that is like, right, everybody get your phone out, everybody connect on LinkedIn. And so that grew it by, you know, a couple of thousand pretty much instantly. And I take that same thing to every event I went to. And then from there, so pretty much every interaction I have with somebody, if somebody interacts on my content, uh, if I meet somebody on Facebook or another platform or another online event, I do try and sort of say, hey, nice to meet you in this event. Would you like to connect? So and it's just about consistency. If, I think probably if you averaged it out, I've done probably about 20 or 30 connections a week over the last sort of 10 years. And that's, that's what's got it up to, I think I'm up to 10 and a half thousand connections now. Nice. Yep. Uh, Thomas has got another question. Uh, being a LinkedIn coach, what is your pet hate with other coaches? How do you define a good one or a bad one? Well, I, I'm not, I'm not a LinkedIn coach as such, but I'm a coach on LinkedIn, uh, more so, but, um, uh, yeah. How do you, how do you find a good one versus a bad one? Um, I, I would suggest that, because like the coaching space, there is a lot of um, sort of negativity around it. There's a lot of sharks. There's a lot of people who put themselves out there as coaches who don't necessarily have the credentials, the reviews, the certifications, the experience and things like that. Yeah. Um, so the really the key thing which I'd be looking out for is um, how long have they been coaching for, um, first and foremost? Do they have a, a, a ton of reviews, case studies, testimonials to share with you with clear and explicit like examples of where they've got an ROI or made a difference to their clients? Yep. And typically, like you, you can see the good ones from the bad ones because the brand looks good, the reviews look great, the case studies look fantastic. The people who are kind of operating under the radar don't often have a lot of those marketing assets in place around yep. social proof. Yeah, they uh, they they scurry away like uh, rats under a flashlight, um, and yeah, <laughs> you can usually you can usually smell it quite quickly, and you, um, and you don't get like hundreds of endorsements or recommendations on LinkedIn if you're if you're a rubbish coach. As if well, you're crap, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, it's uh, it's as simple as that. Um, why do you think people don't they still don't understand uh, the power of producing it and controlling the content they put out as a sales and marketing tool on the, on the platform. Why do you, why do you think it's still a, a kind of foreign concept for a lot of people? Um, I, I don't think it's necessarily foreign. I think most people know that they need to be putting this content out, but I think, um, and, and acquiring sort of the assets I just talked about, but I think, um, 
like business is um, massively complicated in this day and age. And like, I, I pity anybody who's actually starting up a business in 2021 because um, like, if I think back to 2004 when I started my first business, um, all you needed pretty much was a, a website, a business card and a BNI networking you know, membership and you could go out and get clients. And the other thing to add into that as well is um, sort of back in 2004, there was about um, a fifth of the number of businesses as we've got registered today. So what's happened is the internet's come along. It's made it super easy to start up a business. You've got the global sort of marketplace, the world at your fingertips. But there's there's like five, ten times the number of businesses out there. So five or ten times the number of people doing exactly the same thing as you. So when it comes to customers, like trying to work out like who, which expert they're going to spend their time and their energy and money with, um, it's actually really hard for them to make a choice. And not only that, but all of our marketing efforts are split between, you know, like I said, way back when it was like, you might have the odd video on YouTube, but nobody could watch it because streaming was rubbish in 2004, let's be fair, but a website and a business card. Now you've got Snapchat, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, Clubhouse, you name it. There's like dozens of different platforms to network on. So everybody's like, A, spread really thin, and mm -hmm. two, we're all in oversaturated markets, so it's really hard for people to find us. That's my anti-motivation speech done, because that doesn't set a, a positive tone necessarily. But on a positive note, like because I think that the <laughs> people think that getting into business is super easy nowadays, and, and because of all the reasons I've just said. But when you actually realize, no, it's quite hard, to set up and run a market, a business, um, that actually gives you the unfair advantage. Because if they're, if like for every person who thinks it's hard and I've just got to put in a bit of extra effort, um, they're going to be head and shoulders ahead of where the other nine out of 10 people are going to be who think, oh, it should just yeah. work and it should be easy. Purely from the grit and graft aspect of it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It is bloody hard work. Don't let anyone tell you different. I, I, I like what you touched upon there earlier as well. And, um, I, I was uh, talking to a, a prospective client about this earlier on a call, but the, the difference between um, better and different, um, if, if you can make yourself completely different uh, in your customer's eyes to your competitors, you're always going to win because it's very difficult. People are inherently, it's inherently difficult for people to differentiate between a, a product that's that's slightly better than it is, you know, the difference between an apple and an orange. We know what an orange is compared to, to an apple, but... If we had a, a vaguely orange-shaped fruit, we wouldn't be able to differentiate between the, the two. So having a, a service offering that, that's um, completely different from your, your competition is uh, it's always a, a benefit. Well, I'm going to counter that, actually, Nick, yeah. Nick if I may, because um, if you take somebody like Joe Wicks, right, lovely guy, I, done yeah. an amazing thing over lockdown and things like that, but you speak to any personal trainer out there and they hate him. Because they're like, he's just, he's basically just like one of, not, not the worst, but he's not the best personal trainer out there. It's just that what he's done from a branding, a marketing, yeah. and a sales. Personality is, is, is different. Yeah. Yeah. He, well, his, yeah. Okay. So his personality is his USP, but he is better. He is better at branding and putting out marketing assets, and he's better at marketing and sales than his competitors are. And so when you hear a lot of personal trainers say, oh, I hate Joe Wicks, there's a bit of sour grapes there because they're kind of like, they may genuinely be better personal trainers than them, but because he's better at marketing, he's winning. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's that's always ultimately that you, you can still you can still necessarily have a, a bad product, but if, it, if it's marketed in the right way, people are still going to buy it. And then that's that's what he's he's fantastic at in terms of um, I, I hate that term personal brand, but but he's he's uh, 
definitely cornered the market and he understands the necessity for um creating a, a media company around his his brand um and i think uh, a lot of a lot of uh, businesses and people still don't understand that that concept <clears throat> uh, rebecca's put my knee is it's food thanks to joe bloody wicks yeah we, we did a lot of that during the the first stage of lockdown we were doing a, a lot of the the joe wicks uh, workouts but um but yeah he, he's um how how he reacts to stuff like you know obviously when when lockdown went into um into force and he kind of released the the, the p session stuff he's very reactive to creating kind of filling voids in the in the marketplace which is which is why he's winning i guess um uh who are some of your favorite uh content creators on the platform oh gosh um i have two right and probably people may already be aware of them um people some you know your other guests may have shared them as well but two my first favorite is shay robottom i, yep. I just get into <laughs> the quality and consistency of her videos that she's putting out and it's that whole steps into that whole sort of infotainment thing where she's not really taking herself too seriously but she does really want to genuinely help people with their businesses um, and I, I've just been really inspired. Like I, again, I was watching sort of the early early days when she first sort of um, started to break into LinkedIn, uh, especially on the video side of things, and and really grow it. And then, you know, again, she she's ended up sort of doing a um, few collaborations with the likes of Grant Cardone and a couple of people who are kind of you know I've I mixed kind of views upon, but um, a little, little bit spurious, yeah. Yeah, but but again, <laughs> I, you know, I've listened to him on Clubhouse, and you see a di completely different side to somebody as well, sort of in their different native environments. Um, but yeah, Shay Robottom, the consistency and the quality of the videos is great. But there's also somebody who um, I had him as a guest on my podcast recently. And, and since then, like, I've become an absolute raving fan. So it's a guy called Dan Knowlton. Um, him and his brother run a, a marketing business called Knowlton Marketing. And um, hey, their marketing is obviously working because I'm talking about them now, like during this um, interview. Um, but they, again, they do these sort of infotainment type videos, which are just highly engaging highly entertaining uh, it's all about just um raising awareness and i think again this is something which a lot of people on the various platforms do wrong is they kind of dive straight in with buy my shit like buy my stuff buy yeah. my stuff buy my stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. and they forget yeah. about the fact that they need to build no like and trust and actually help people before you actually put an offer out there dan's stuff is just abundant like entertainment it's a, it's absolute gold yeah. if you watch some of his videos yeah, I, I, um, I had Dan on the uh, the show uh, a few few shows ago, and um, yeah, we had a really good discussion uh, around this about you know give uh, as much uh, value as you can, and and people underestimate the um, the entertainment aspect of content is a huge there's a huge amount of value there because you're not you're just not asking anything of your audience, you're just giving as much as possible, and um, so yeah entertainment for me is a, it's a huge one <laughs> I, I just don't understand where do they come up with their ideas for their scripts though because it's just like i i want i just if i, I, I could, just I think a lot of it a lot of it is is uh lloyd i think i think lloyd is the is the creative uh brain i uh, think I, th I think that's where a lot of the uh the, the scripts come from not to disrespect dan because dan is freaking awesome uh what he does they, they kind of um they work in in um synchronicity together um yeah you know um dan's got the the front man and lloyd's the the creative so you've got that kind of harmony bit between the two i think yeah um what are some of the best pieces of content you've seen on the platform and i always think this is a very difficult question to answer because 
we're we're so bombarded with it and so saturated with content that i always find it difficult to pick out specific pieces of content that really stand out and when they do you know it's a good piece of content yeah so i um i recently sort of came, and it's probably not a new feature as such on linkedin but um some of the stuff which i engage with the most is actually the the new carousel format which linkedin has allowed you so you can upload a effectively upload a pdf and then it breaks down each page as a different sort of um carousel feature and so if you've got really high value content where you're giving away seven tips 10 tips or something like that and going into a lot more detail i th i think that's absolute gold and it shows people that you're willing to kind of abundantly give value and and tips without sort of any real expectation in return and i like and like any of these social media platforms whenever um whenever they release a new feature, you know that they're gonna give it a little bit more priority because it's more current and they want to test it and get data and things like that. So we, um, I actually set a, a challenge for my clients to um, create just, or take a PDF if they've got one already or go and create a lead magnet and upload a carousel post. And they all got really good engagement through it. The only cool. challenge, the only downside to that feature is you've obviously got to create those high value lead magnets or PDF documents like time and time again. So um, they, I mean, that falls into very much the value bucket. So, you know, let's help people as much as we can, but yeah. And then, and then entertaining videos. I mean, it comes back to what Dan was doing as well. You know, I, 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 when I log into LinkedIn now, the first thing I do is I go and click on Dan's account, see if they've uploaded a new, new video. Cause I know it's going to yeah. be entertaining. It, it makes yeah. me want to come back and watch it again. Yeah, it's it's um it's something that we're kind of working on at the moment in terms of um I think there's an underutilized uh framework for it, but um episodic uh content because you're you're always you you're you've just said it yourself, you're kind of clicking on each profile and geared up and primed, ready to watch the next piece of content that they're, they're gonna put out. <clears throat> um what uh, one piece of advice would you give to um, content creators on the on the platform? Anyone new to LinkedIn starting out? Um, for me, it's it's about um, consistency. So be be as consistent mm -hmm. as you have the time, energy, and and money to be. I think sometimes you can because otherwise, what happens is you end up getting into a whole brain dump of content onto a platform, and then you burn yourself out. And then you've got people who are sat there, like you just said, episodic. They're sat there going, well where's the next post where's, where's the next, next? content yeah it's much better if you know rather than doing like 30 posts in 30 days and then not doing any more well actually it's better just to do a post each week that you can then you know people can then um sort of be there ready and waiting for so i think consistency is the key and also um do do like i think as well co content making content creation needs to be fun and this was yeah. a, a bit of a, a battle with um, with Jess, my my head of content, because she was like, "You got to do reels, you got to do stories, you got to do like all these different things and then all the different platforms." And I was like, "I just don't get it. I just don't. I'm not. I don't really enjoy it. I don't find it fun. Like, if you can find a way to like incentivize me to do it and make it fun, I'll do it. But like something like IGTV, I know we're going off platform here, but something like IGTV on Instagram, I'm like, yeah, I get that because I'm I'm I love long form content." So it yeah. makes sense for me to to repurpose some stuff, you know, verticalize it and chuck it up onto IGTV and let's make a good good job of it. But real stories, I'm struggling with that. I don't really find it fun. <laughs> I've, I've, I've started to, to flirt a little bit with their stories a bit more because I can kind of see the, the, the traction with them. Um, but you're right. You're, you've actually absolutely touched on something there. You, you can't... Um, you can't fake it if you're if you're producing content and the energy levels aren't there for you to do that content 
you can you know people smell it they just they just will they just won't want to watch it or won't want to engage with it because you just you're just not excited about the thing that you're you're doing so yeah obviously for, for me it's uh it's video I, I love making stupid uh slapstick video content and that, that's kind of my, my my jam and my niche so that's what i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna stick to but i'm trying and experimenting with different different things so, so <laughs> it's moving along uh we're gonna move on to my uh favorite part of the show now uh and that is the quick fire movie quiz around. Are you ready? I'm ready. Yeah, <laughs> I to, I to, I'm going to read my notes here at this point because I did have to write down the answers to these. Otherwise, like 60 seconds, like I, my 39 year old brain is kind of getting a bit fatigued these days. I blame <laughs> it on my children. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, I've got two of them and a, and a two year old. He's uh, he is hard work. But I love him for his hard work. Okay, what is your favourite film? Uh, Deadpool, uh, one and two. I just love the dark humour, and it's it's Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> I bit of Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds is amazing. I, mean, I think there's a new film he's got coming out where he's kind of um, he's like a uh, he lives in like a kind of simulated um, video game world i don't know if you've seen that where you kind of I have, yeah, yeah I, that, i'm that. desperate to see that i think it's officially supposed to be out in june but they have moved it back a couple of times but yeah i'm yeah i'm all over ryan he's he's my um i don't know what you decide if I, he's my man crush spirit animal spirit animal has <laughs> <laughs> um, reynolds ever been described as a spirit animal <laughs> we should tweet that later on <laughs> i love i love the relationship him and uh, hugh jackman have got as well that is it's uh it's hilarious oh, um, what, what marketing though i mean that's brilliant so strategic yeah. i love it yeah uh, it's, it's been done really well um uh your favorite movie quote uh so so mine was a, it's a darth vader one I find your lack of faith disturbing. I know the answer. <laughs> the next question is going to be then: Star Trek or Star Wars? Uh, well, I'm, I'm. Well, uh, do you know what? I, I was born and brought up on Star Trek, but now I'm, I'm definitely a Star Wars fan. Definitely a Star Wars fan. Yay! That's what we like to hear. That's what we like to hear. Um, it's going to annoy my, my tiny subset of uh, people in the audience that actually watch Star Trek. But I think there's probably all of two of them. I know Rebecca's one. <laughs> um, <laughs> First film you remember seeing as a kid? Short Circuit. Do you remember Johnny Number Five? Oh, Johnny Five the book. is alive. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the, uh, the bit with the butterfly and my my um. I, I I think we got my daughter to watch that a little while ago, but there's an obscene amount of swearing in it as well. I didn't realise how quite how much swearing there is in that film. Oh goodness! <laughs> I think I watched that when I was about eight. I didn't even realise. I know. That's, that's <laughs> like I think I think I remember watching it around that age as well. And then yeah, we, we watched it and we were like, oh, I well, didn't quite realise there was that much uh, profanity in there, but never mind. <laughs> I just thought um, it was my dad who was an Essex boy. I don't, it's probably just the films I've been watching. <laughs> um, what is your favourite genre? Uh, I'm 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 an action thriller fan. Something that something that kind of just is just beyond the realms of like actually being real. So yep. it takes you out, so you can properly get lost in like the the story and the mystery and everything else. But I I don't really like reality stuff. It's just I, it doesn't do anything for me. Doesn't doesn't flake though. No, I'm in the uh, I'm in the same same uh, same situation as you. I think. Um, uh, favorite actor or actress? Take a guess. Uh, actress? No, actor. Actor. Look uh, at earlier on. Deadpool. Uh, Ron Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> there, there are no. All the other actors are dead to me. <laughs> we watched a. Uh, uh, 
Ryan Reynolds film we did a while back. I thought it was going to be funnier than it was where he, where he plays a, um, uh, this kind of overweight guy at the beginning and, and then he's um, he's got this kind of relationship with a girl and it's it's kind of all set in Canada and it's a bit bit weird. And it's kind of, a lot of it's kind of self-referential as well. They're kind of talking to camera a lot of the time. And so, yeah, it's just, I just found it really odd. It wasn't as funny as I thought it was going to be. Oh, and then then he he loses the weight when he grows up and tries to win her back, and then she kind of yeah, goes, yeah. Well, I, like, "I liked you more, but when you were, you know, yeah. before, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah." I see yeah, this film. Oh, um, I can't remember what it's called. I can't remember the name of the, the film. If anyone knows, uh, pop it down in the in the comment section. Um, best uh, Gary Oldman film. Uh, well, it was it, the recent one which he did with Winston. Well, not recent. I think it's twenty seventeen. Winston Churchill was it the Darkest Hour? Darkest Hour, yeah, yeah, fantastic film, yeah. Just, just um, proper like method uh, acting, and I, I, um, you know, he's he's done like you know he's he's done all the stuff around sort of Batman and the superhero stuff and things like that, and then he he kind of I I felt he got typecast for a bit in in amongst all those sort of films, and then then he comes out and does Winston Churchill, and you're like, wow, and it, I, just, I, mean, I don't know yeah, him personally, but yeah. I think he did a pretty good job of it. The, 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 you look at the kind of range of characters that he's played, you know, Drexel the Pimp in in, uh, in uh, True Romance to to Dracula to Winston Churchill, like, and every single one of those characters has been uniquely different. It's uh, his, his range as an actor is just phenomenal, I think. Um, but you can tell I have a small man crush on Gary Oldman, and he's a South <laughs> London boy as well, so that's that's probably why. Um, who is your favourite director? Tarantino, which I know is probably a bit cliched, but I mean, he's done everyone, so many good films. Everyone like, says Tarantino. Might, I, I think it's a generational thing. I definitely think it's a generational thing. It could be, but just art, from an art perspective, like what he manages to create in those films, and I've, I've saw a number of interviews with him, sort of post-Pulp Fiction and when he was kind of going into the Kill Bill era, and yeah. where he's talking about the level of detail around like production, set, costume, how they deliver the the words on set, like the works. He was talking about the devil, devil and the detail that he goes into. Yeah. I, I'm sure every director does that to a certain point, but it was just like, no, that's when I realised actually, like directing a film is is art. It's not. Uh, it, it's a proper skill. It's, I just yeah, thought it was a bit of fun before. It's a, it's an obsession. I think for, yeah. for good directors, it's complete and and unfettered obsession. <laughs> but just um, dark as well. He just comes up with some really dark shit, and you're like, Jesus, wow. I think, I think a lot of it is. Uh, I, I honestly do think I have a theory that a lot of artists go through some kind of trauma early on in their life, and a lot of a lot of their art comes from that trauma. Um, I think for Steven Spielberg, he his parents were divorced quite early on. And you look at all of his films, they're all uh, around family and divorce because of that, because of that one thing that, that happened to him early on in his life. Gosh, uh, yeah, that uh, makes sense. does make sense. Um, most hated film of all time. Uh, I, yeah. I'm probably going to really annoy a few people now, Nick, uh, and maybe offend some people, but basically <laughs> anything anything with Jennifer Aniston in it, uh, just... Yeah. Uh, 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 what was the one he did? He did one with Adam Sandler, didn't he? Along came Polly. Uh, that wasn't particularly great. I don't. I don't think. Yeah. I, I, I don't that. remember ever seeing a good. I mean, she was great in Friends as that character, but I don't ever remember seeing a good Jennifer Aniston film. I mean, if somebody can put me right and maybe tell me her best one, and I will promise you that I'll watch. I'll give it a go. I'll watch it. But the moment <laughs> my wife picks a Jennifer Aniston film, I'm like, I'm done. I'm going down the pub, darling. I'm. I'm out. If, if anyone in the comments section has a Jennifer Aniston film uh, that, that is really good that you can recommend to Robin and uh, that you know he's going to watch, please 
now is your time to speak put it down in the comment section um, so we can we can get that puppy watched um you guys out there in comment land have been absolutely awesome as always robin you've been superb sir uh yes ouch poor jen haha -ha. <laughs> um it's friday uh go forth enjoy the sunshine have a fantastic marvelous restful weekend whatever you're doing and whoever you're doing it with and we will see you again next friday Ta -ta for you, now, guys. take Cheers, care guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.